Hey there, I'm Todd, and I'm excited to get in the Word with you today. Imagine with me that this tape measure is a timeline of our existence. This blue tape here represents our time on Earth. The rest of the tape measure represents the rest of our existence in eternity. Now this only stretches to 12 feet, but let's pretend that it goes on forever. Now we spend most of our time thinking about and planning for these 30, 60, 90 years we have here, and we give very little headspace to the rest of the tape measure. The scriptures in the Psalms tell us that it is wise for us to realize the brevity of life. It's wise for us to realize how short these days are. So today, let's think about the rest of the tape measure. Let's talk about heaven and how heaven is our hope. You can open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Now this passage of scripture here uh, talks about and gives us great examples of men and women of faith. It begins by stating that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And then it goes on to give us these snapshots of men and women who lived by faith. We move down in the passage and we read about men and women that God had given a promise to. God had promised them that they would uh, possess a specific land, the land of Canaan. Now in their lifetimes, they never actually possessed that land, but they believed that God's promises would prove true, even though it was hundreds of years later before that actually happened. But more than just that specific land, they were looking forward to a heavenly land. And that's what we start reading about in verse 13. So Hebrews 11, verse 13, All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Heaven was their hope, and heaven can be our hope. And this is really a biblical theme that we see throughout Scripture. Back in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, it says, God created the heavens and the earth. And it was very good. And he actually lived among uh, the first man and woman. But then sin messed everything up. It broke our relationship with God, but it also broke creation. And we read about God's restoration plan throughout the rest of, of Scripture, from Genesis 3 on to Revelation. The prophet Isaiah, the New Testament apostle Peter, write about this promise of a new heaven and a new earth. Because God was working not only to restore our relationship, but He was working to restore all of creation. In the book of Romans, it says that all of creation is groaning, looking forward to that day. So we see this theme running throughout Scripture, this promise of restoration, this promise of, of, of a new heaven and new earth. And then in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, in chapter 21, we get a, a little glimpse of the fulfillment of that promise. So Revelation 21, let's read beginning in verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now let's move down to verse 3. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among His people. 
He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Heaven is the hope for us and for all of creation. Let me share with you a little story that might help us understand the, the importance of us keeping that heavenly mindset. Florence Chadwick was an American swimmer who set several endurance swimming records. So think marathon for swimmers. In 1952, she attempted to be the first woman to swim the 26 miles between Catalina Island and the California coastline. As she began, she was flanked by small boats that watch for sharks and were going to be there ready to help her. Now, that right there would keep most of us out, out of the water, the idea that sharks are there. A few years ago, my wife and I were in the Caribbean, and we wanted to get out and enjoy the water, and so we were on a boat to go snorkeling. And my wife asked the guides, so are there sharks around here? And they were like, no, 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 no sharks around here. She wasn't convinced, and so she said, no, really, are there sharks around? And they said, oh, any sharks that we have down here, they're all vegetarian. She didn't believe it. She spent most of her time in the boat. All right. Florence was swimming in the waters. After about 15 hours, I'm going to say that again, after swimming for about 15 hours, a thick fog set in, and she started doubting her ability. She didn't think she'd be able to make it. She swam on for another hour before asking to be asking to be pulled out. She got in the boat and she realized that she had stopped just one mile from her destination. She'd been unable to see the shoreline because of the fog. Two months later, she attempted the swim again. The same thick fog set in, but she reached her destination. She said that she kept a mental image of the shoreline in her mind while she swam. She was swimming, we're living, and there's a lot of similarities there. Thick fog set in on her, and when we're going through life, this world is like a thick fog, and it can cause us to despair, and it can cause us to get distracted. She kept a mental image of the shoreline in her mind. We need to keep a mental image of heaven in our mind. We need to keep heaven as our hope. You say, how do we do that? How, how can we keep this heavenly mindset? Well, we can start by reading about, singing about, talking, thinking, and even writing about heaven. Heaven is the hope, so it's only natural that we might grow a little homesick. The people of faith described in Hebrews 11, remember those great examples of faith, people uh, that were obeying God, that were trusting God because they, were, they had that heavenly mindset. The people of faith that were described in that passage they were looking forward to heaven because they knew that it would be better than their present experience. While they were waiting, while they were doing this thing called life, they experienced great hardships and hurt, just like you and I do. They faced times of uncertainty and confusion, a lot like what we're going through right now. The brokenness in them, the brokenness around them, caused them to long for a better place. They were looking forward to the rest of the tape measure. As children grow older, their eyes are opened to the brokenness of this world. They see strained relationships, they see disease and death and acts of evil. Before you become calloused to this world, that's a lot to take in. In 
talking children through some of these sad realities of our world, I've had some respond saying, why can't we just go to heaven right now? Why can't we just skip this hurt and go to heaven, which is going to be better by far? Some of you have probably expressed that same sentiment when you've been going through life and the thick fog has set in. It's only natural for us to to be homesick. It's only natural for us to long for that better place. Let me share with you another story. There was this young man who received a phone call to rush to the hospital because his grandfather wasn't going to be making it much longer. He got there and he went into the room and he grabbed his grandfather's hand and just sat by the bed for a moment. And then he said, Grandpa, are you ready? Are you at peace? The old man cracked a smile and whispered, Son, I'm like a little boy on Christmas Eve. He was looking forward to heaven. Heaven is the hope, so it's only natural for us to grow a little homesick. Heaven is the hope, so we live today on purpose. Thinking back about Hebrews 11 and those men and women who were looking forward to that heavenly homeland. That moved them to live on purpose in the present. Because they were believing God's promise of a better place, they were willing to obey Him in the day-to-day. They were willing to take great risks of faith in the present because they knew that God had their eternity taken care of. If we're not willing to obey God and take risks of faith, then we're going to miss out on a lot of adventure. You think about our biblical heroes. We don't enjoy uh, reading and talking about their stories because their lives were bland. Oh, no, no. We're fascinated by their lives and by, by their stories because, because they had uh, great adventures in this short life. Uh, We don't read biographies of Christian martyrs and missionaries because their lives were boring. No, we're inspired by their examples because they were willing to make great sacrifices because they weren't thinking just about this 30, 60, 90 years. They were thinking about all of eternity. They were thinking about heaven. So when we have that heavenly mindset, it can help us to live on purpose in the present. If you've got an event on the calendar that you're anticipating, many times it's going to impact what you're doing in the present. Maybe you've signed up for an athletic competition and you've got this marathon on the calendar that's several months away, but it's impacting you today because it's determining what you're eating and how you're training. Maybe you've got a wedding on the calendar six months from now. Well, in the present, You're preparing for that, and so you're doing pre-marriage counseling. You're doing a lot of wedding planning, whatever that event may be. Maybe it's a graduation, a move, a birth of a child. It's impacting what you're doing right now. In the same way, if we're looking forward to heaven, it's going to move us to live on purpose, to say yes to God in daily obedience, to take faith risks, to experience adventure in this short life. All right, heaven's our hope. It's got us homesick. It's got us living on purpose. But how do we get there? In John chapter 14, Jesus was 
speaking with some of his close friends. And this was just before he was going to be going to the cross. And he said to them, he said, I'm, I'm going to be leaving you. I'm going to be going away and I'm going to be preparing a place for you. But don't worry, I'm going I'm to come back to take you to be with me. And one of his friends said, Jesus, how do we get there? How, how do we know the way? And Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Heaven is not the default destination. Unless our sin problem is taken care of, hell is the only place we can go. Jesus spoke a lot about heaven, but he also spoke a lot about hell. Consider this thought from author Randy Alcorn. The best of life on earth is a glimpse of heaven. So think about those healthy relationships. Think about uh, experiences of joy and happiness. Think about satisfying work, images, beautiful images of nature. The best of life on earth is a glimpse of heaven. The worst of life on earth is a glimpse of hell. So think about that hurt and that heartache. Think about disease and death. Think about acts of, of evil and, and hate. The best of life on earth is a glimpse of heaven. The worst of life on earth is a glimpse of hell. For believers in Christ, this present life is the closest they will come to hell. For unbelievers, it's the closest they will come to heaven. How do we get to heaven? You can search out other religions, and there will be some positive things that you find, but they don't take care of our sin problem. You can think about what makes sense to you, and you can mix and match, and you might feel pretty good with what you come up with, but it's not going to be the cure for our sin problem. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only one that took care of our sin problem. He wants so badly for us not to go to hell that He went to the cross to pay for our sins and to die our death, to bridge the gap between us and God. Because He rose from the dead beating death, the entrance to heaven is a free gift. We receive it simply by, by looking at Jesus and saying, you know, I believe He is the Son of God that He died to pay for my sins, that He rose from the dead, I'm going to trust Him with my life. I'm going to trust Him with, with my eternity. You can do that today. You can take that step of faith today. Heaven can become your hope. With so many churches doing online services because of what's going on in our world right now, there, well, there was an interesting statistic about that that I read this week. Because so many churches are doing online services, uh, one specific online platform shared that there were over 14,000 people who put their faith in Christ, took that step of faith through online ministry. That could be you today. I share that with you so that you know you're not alone. I share that with you so you know that that doesn't have to be weird. Um, God can change your life today. If that's you, I'm going to lead you through a prayer that you could pray. And it could sound something like this. God, I know that I am a sinner and I need you. 
I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that He rose from the dead. Will you please forgive me? Will you please come into my life and save me? Amen. If you took that step today, I'd encourage you, first off, to share with any friends or family that may be watching with you right now. And also share with us. You can reach out to us through social media or through text. And we would love uh, to hear from you so that we can help you on this new journey that you've embarked upon. So, given the rest of the tape measure a little headspace, it'll make us a little homesick because we know that heaven will be better by far. And it'll also move us to live on purpose today, helping people find and follow Jesus so that heaven can be their hope too.